It's happy hour again from Central City, New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. We're at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard in Central City, just half a block up from Cafe Reconcile, otherwise known as Cafe Reconcile. <laughs> I almost pulled that off. I like that. It's happy hour. In the next 60 minutes, you're going to get to meet just four or maybe three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans, and you'll get to hear some live music as well. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of Happy Hour together with our very special guest sitting around here at Casa Borrega, which, by the way, is almost open. Hugo, when is Casa Borrega opening? Next week. Next week. So by the time you're listening to this, hey, thank Chris, by the time you're listening to this, Casa Borrega is finally going to be open, and you're going to come down here and see this place for yourself. In the meantime, you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter and find out exactly when it's open. P.H. Fred is one of our special guests sitting here today. P.H. Fred is a New Orleans songwriter, comedian, and frontman for the band The Round Pegs, and also an artist. As an artist, Mr. Fred's art has been exhibited in shows and galleries in California, Louisiana, and New Mexico, and his music appears in diverse locations, like on Dr. Demento, and in popular toys. Yes, indeed. What sort of popular toys are we talking about? Um, some little tykes toys. Like, they had a singing kitchen a few years back, and a Wh- singing uh, grocery store. What did the kitchen sing? Songs. Well, what did it sing? Like what? Happy Kitchen. No, I I really <laughs> don't remember. I was on drugs at the time, and yeah. I don't really remember what I had it sing. What drugs are you on that you could purge that song out of? I have no idea. Can't remember the drugs. I either. can't remember the drugs. Did you get? Do you remember getting paid? I for did that? get paid. Yeah, I did you remember paid. getting paid for that? Have I you spent all the money? Quickly. It's all drugs. gone. Okay. Uh, exactly. In the 1990s, P. H. Fred was a pioneer of the comedy movement in New Orleans, and post Hurricane Katrina, his blog, Katrina Killed My Mama documented his struggles in the air following the storm. These days, P.H. Fred spends his time making records like his latest Lithium and Underoos, which is just out, I believe. Congratulations, yes. P.H. Fred. And making rare public appearances such as this like one. Like this one. How rare are your public appearances? Twice a year, leave the house. Wow. So we're mm. at, it's like July now. So you'll see me again in December. December. Okay. The other one's to go to the grocery store. So. To, get to pick up the singing yeah. kitchen. That's right. Are you, um, do you have agoraphobia or something? No. Okay, so it's not that. It's not that. Is it something like that? Can we get we'll get onto that in a minute? Shall we? we shall. You look pretty healthy, though. Well, thank you. Looks like you've seen the sun recently. Yes, I have. Do you have like a sun lamp at home? Spray, <laughs> spray on tan. You, you've discovered me. Mm-hmm. Busted <laughs> you, Rachel Dangermond. Welcome back to Happy Hour. Thank you. Making her second appearance, Rachel Dangermond is a writer, journalist, and longtime New Orleans blogger on her website Dangermond.org. Rachel's latest undertaking is a recently launched blog called Transracial Parenting which deals with race, racism, and parenting in the 21st century. That's right mm. now, right? Yes, it this is. This is the 21st century, mm-hmm. right? And her soon-to-be-published book, The Elephant in the Playground, is directed at white parents of white children. Well, that's a good audience because there's tons of those people. Mm-hmm. Yes, good thinking. <laughs> white parents of white children about how to prepare their kids for the new global and multi-ethnic world. Okay. Mm. If that's not enough to do in a day, Rachel is also addressing the growing need for educating the LB- oh, shit, LGBTQ community about parenting biracial brown and black children okay now i've seen lgbt what is q queer queer Mm -hmm. so it's lesbian gay bisexual transsexual and gay and gay and there's a lot more no hang on queer not gay lesbian gay bisexual transsexual and queer queer. what what does the queer one denote that the other ones don't i think queer is a little bit more all-encompassing it's other Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, are, what can lean in a little bit? Yeah. Okay, what I, I, I kind of get it now. What other um, sexual proclivities are there besides L, G, B, and T? Well, because, you know, within each of those categories are so many subcategories, 
you have, you know, male identifying as female who likes male. I mean, okay. You know, okay. Hang on, what? Male identifying as female. Does that mean dressing as? I, identifying. Identify, uh, gender identification is a lot deeper than clothes. Mm. <laughs> I, like the, <laughs> I like the look you gave me. Clearly this is not television. It is. Yes, Rachel. Mm, yes. I see. Uh-huh. It is. Mm-hmm. What yes, is it is. It, one thinks of oneself as a woman or a man. Right. Not just dresses. <laughs> but the outward appearance is, is clothing. So that's how people treat you, right? I mean, if I walk around and look like this and I put on a dress, no well, one's going to really think I'm a woman. But if I wear makeup and have my hair down and so on, there's a difference between a guy in a dress and a, a guy who thinks he's a woman. You could be a guy in a suit, but when you go home, you're in a dress. What does that make me? Cute? Possibly. Mm. I would say that's other. It's queer other. Because we're onto it. We're going down a very bad <laughs> well, road here, okay, even before I've even introduced Andrew. Queer is just um, different. Let's say that. Right. Than mm. the norm. Yeah. It's funny that we have Who to wants to be norm anyway? Right. Well, yeah, why do we have to have... This is Andrew Duhon, that voice you just heard. Andrew Duhon is a singer-songwriter and the happy hour troubadour who wanders around the world and the country and occasionally when he feels like it comes and hangs out with us here at happy hour. But only for a little while. But only for a little while today because <laughs> he's got to go play at the Ogden Museum. Yeah. Cool. And then you're off on like a big tour around Europe. Yeah, a long time. We're going to miss each other. I know. We can maybe have to Skype you in or something. That would be cool. We can do that. You yeah. Know? We have the technology. Wait, what time is that? That's going to be like midnight. Nope. 10 no, o'clock. It's, what's, you're in, six hours. You're in Europe. 10 in, o'clock. In England mostly. Yeah. So that we six hours or ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably be playing most nights. Who knows though? Yeah, I'll have some nights off, but then I'll be at the pub probably. What Even if I better. Skype from the pub? How bad could that be, right? Can you Skype from your phone? Yeah. Okay, so we're in. Yeah. In the bathroom in the pub. Oh, you mean the the water closet? Yeah. So there's no noise. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, we don't mind noise. And our special music guest today are two guys called Casey O'Rourke and Brian Santos. Maybe. Hi, Casey. <laughs> Hi. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Brian. Oh, hey. KC's the trumpet player and lead singer, and Brian is the guitar player in the New Orleans band Flow Tribe. However, they're not actually here. Not here yet. <laughs> they should be walking in the door any second. If they do, we'll be so happy to welcome them that I can sort of flip back to this page. Can't wait to meet you guys. That's and right. We'll throw our voices. I th- there's a, who did the singing kitchen? Was that Brian or KC? Oh, or no. PH? Interesting that you're PH, Fred, and this guy's name is KC. Mm. Hmm. I don't have a sunshine band. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Hang on, that's a good point. So pH. Yes. Let's go back to pH. Now, that's nothing to do with the acidity, pH, Fred, right? No, it does not. Nothing to do with what's it? Where did the pH come from? That was originally not your name. It was not my name. My birth name is Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. Jewish? No. Not Jewish. Uh, German. Other. Other. Q. Q. Queer. Okay. Exactly. Queer Schneider. Exactly. And when I was started out playing music, there was another band called the B-52s, mm-hmm. yeah. led by a fellow named Fred, Fred Schneider. Schneider. Jewish? He's Jewish. He is. And why didn't you and say? Q. Why didn't you call? <laughs> no, he's G, isn't he? He's G. Why didn't Probably. you call yourself the Gentile Fred Schneider? I could have. I could. <laughs> that would have been a G. That would have been, been a different yeah. G. That would have been sort of different G, right? right. Yeah. So difficult. Yeah. Or non J. You could do non J. Exactly. Non Jewish Fred Schneider. And mm. actually, he. Yeah, I don't know about that. The G is difficult. G is no G is not for difficult. That would be D. <laughs> It'll be difficult, is what you're thinking of. Yes, it's difficult. It's difficult. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, yeah. S- I started spelling my name differently, P-H-R-E-D, oh, Schneider. But on the phone, Jimmy and the people at Tips right. would say, you're not Fred Schneider. You're not Bob Dylan. Hang up. 
And so I started, <laughs> when my first record came out, I dropped the Schneider and went by P-H-R-E-D, Fred, just plain old Fred. Right. And some idiot at Sound Warehouse, which was a record store here back in the 80s. Wow. We remember. Yeah. Didn't know that P-H-R-E-D spelled Fred, and he said, I don't get this P-H-Fred thing. And that's how I got the name. And about five years later, I had a song on the radio called Kill Barney, which was on Dr. Demento and... Right. bunch of morning shows around the country. How did that go? Can you remember that? No, I blocked the drugs sure all, Did yeah. the drugs all Alcohol blocked pick up, that Pick up that guitar and play a little bit of Kill Barney. Come on, we have to hear that. It was a hit. It was a hit. And for people who don't know who Barney was, it he was, he he was, was a guy. He's dead. Who Barney he's, he's was. dead. Everyone knows who Barney was, Andrew? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I like Andy Taylor. I like Barney Five. I like Barney Rubble and Betty, his wife. But the B word my skin kill Barney the dinosaur and all of his kin kill Barney kill Barney with an knife or a gun for the sake of our parents this deed must be done he's stupid stupendous I declare Went on for minutes. Okay, dude. Yeah. I would believe that was Bob Dylan, wouldn't you? Yeah. Exactly. If you close your eyes, that could be Bob Dylan. Has <laughs> Bob heard that? I don't think so. <laughs> Did anyone get that to him? I wonder if they. It was living in New Orleans at the time, actually. Yeah. yeah. So used to hang out at Madigan's, he did. You could have. You should have given him a copy of that. He would love that, I'm he sure. Have. He would have. He took it a sense of humor. He's Jewish. He, he Definitely. was. He's most Jewish. of the time. I think well, he converted to Christianity. He converted to Christianity and then he converted. Back? I think he converted back. Do you have to convert back to Judaism? Or <laughs> I have no or idea. Just, just stay Jewish. Right? Yeah, I think you just stay Jewish and then you can also like be. dual citizenship. Yeah, like Canadian American sure. or something. Rachel, now you're Jewish. I Rachel. am Jewish. And I, Cuban. You don't stay Jewish. You don't? No. They you revoke, fluidly. You fluidly. revoke that, do they? I think everything's fluid for me. Sex. Gender, sex religion. Is sex is supposed to be fluid. That's good. Religion, I don't know what, if that's supposed to be or not. I think you're supposed to be hard and fast about that, aren't you? No. Only I'm a wandering Jew. I've always been a wandering Jew. Well, I haven't always, but in my adulthood. Uh, yes, but isn't religion supposed to be a set of faith beliefs that, that underpin change. everything in your life? That, that change. change. Oh, I and morph that was as you get additional information. Maybe that's religion oh. and maybe the fluid part is spirituality. Oh. Okay, now you. you're talking. Okay, I thought you yeah. were just a musician. No, Ooh. hardly. <laughs> you wouldn't have this job if you were just a musician. This yeah. is a highly intellectual gig here. I remember. I the, remember the cocktails at the That's show at Happy Hour. That's what they call you exactly. <laughs> so, um, so PH. This is back yes. in the '80s or '90s. '90s. We're talking late about, '80s, we? early '90s. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I remember you from back in the day when you had a song, and it's been really bugging me now. I hate this because. You know, you have an idea in your head and you try to remember and you yes. can't, I can't, and I can't find it online anywhere. It was a song that I remember you singing and it had the word something. I knew she was from Canada because I, I, I knew she was from Bucktown because I woke up with the crabs. Ah. ah mm. I love that. That's I great. I she was from Bucktown because I woke up with the crabs. Thank God That's you remember great. that. Yeah. That's been plaguing me. Is that online anywhere? That's that song? not online, but I get you a copy of it. Oh, I will send you an MP3. What you want to do, you want to do is... No. A, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those songs that haunts me. I, I don't... 
I don't play that very much. I thought it was really great. I was a big fan of yours. Remember, I tried to get you to play Zephyr Fest back in the day when we had those concerts. I never got... Oh, you had like the the, spots in between. They wouldn't let me do it. They wouldn't let you book me. They wouldn't let me do it. I tried everything. Yeah, controversial. I said, why don't we put this guy on between acts? You know, while they're changing and this guy's like so crazy. You should have just given him five songs and said, these are the five songs and they're not that racy. And then, right. you know, yeah, but I was like a nobody. I was just a you know, DJ well, on the they, radio. They, that they, gets yeah, me okay. in trouble. I mean, it gets people in trouble. They booked me to be the host. They booked me to be the host of the uh, Miss Louisiana contest over at Boomtown Casino. <laughs> okay, that's a fatal mistake. right? There. And guess what song they had me play? They go, do that Bucktown song. Oh, oh no. Things out in Mattery, and halfway through the songs, the judges are going, oh, no. no. Take them off. Right. Take them off. So yeah. you were the MC of a beauty contest. Yes, I was. The and the Boom best part Town of that Casino. is my comedy partner and I were backstage where the these young nubile ladies were getting uh, dressed getting and undressed. S- get, were they getting sprayed and with taped, butt glue? And taped, and taped. because yeah. they have to tape things in and they all go, we can't change back here. There's boys. And we, my partner and I looked at each other. They go, we're gay. LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And were you actually gay? Not at the time. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't like been prayed straight or anything? Like that. No, I have okay. not been prayed straight. Um, yes. Okay. So, okay. I'm just checking about that. So who was your partner? Uh, there were three. One was Fayard Lindsay. <laughs> yes. Now that guy was funny too. He's very, very funny. He still does comedy around town. He was a he was a tall black gentleman as I remember. Yes. Yes. Big, Big guy. Still is. Yeah. Big, still is. Still is. Mm-hmm. Kim didn't, Lonzo. Didn't change. Kim Lonzo. I don't remember that. Uh, also a black gentleman. Okay. And then uh, Andrew Abear. And all three of those gentlemen went through Brown Comedy with me way back when when we did Brown Improv Comedy. And Brown being the name of the group, not, uh, not, the, that, not the racial yeah, Not the racial thing, yes. Right. And Ken Jeong, the famous comedian who's in The Hangover and all, when he lived in New Orleans, he was part of that troupe as well. Really? Mm-hmm. So yes. you go way back with all these people. So yes. he was, was he a doctor or something? He well? was in New Orleans doing his residency at, at Oshner. Wow. And doing comedy for mental health at night. Wow. <laughs> Does he call you? Are you in touch with, in touch with him? Still? I, I still tweet with him and email and all so that stuff. I, I have to ask you this, like... Uh, do you think like back in the day when you were working, you know, acting, doing comedy with him that he stood out or is it just one of those things where one guy gets... Well, he stood out. There were a handful that stood out, but he was the one who was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always an interesting uh, thing mm-hmm. for me to ask folks who were, were there and knew them when, you know, right. did, they, did they really stand out or was it just sort of like a... I could have picked. Out of I could have picked five people that I said one of these is going to make it, and mm-hmm. he was one of the five. Gotcha. What happened to the other four? They're still doing what they were doing five or twenty years ago. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. And he was at a contest, and Brandon Tartikoff happened to be the judge mm-hmm. who was running NBC at the time. So mm-hmm. that's sort of. Well, I can tell you something. I work with Brandon Tartikoff every day for months, and nothing happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of the other yeah, six yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm one of the. I'm number six. I'm like right place, sixth. wrong guy. Yeah, I mean, You're it's sad. yeah. There's something more than just no. Yeah, cute. Other. I'm cute. Mm-hmm. Queer. You're cute. Other. Mm-hmm. I think other is good. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rachel, I read your blog this morning. Yes, um, you before did. I came, it's sort of like a. That's the beginning of a Beatles song, right? I read. Your I read blog. your blog this, this morning. morning. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh, this is from today. You just wrote this today because mm-hmm. it says you're going to be on the show today. Yes, so I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. we, we made it on the, on the internet already. Right, exactly. It says, I finally arrived at the other side of when this is over, I can breathe. And now it's about doing more than just getting through the days. This afternoon, I'll be on It's New Orleans again to do a podcast on my new work, writing and speaking about race and parenting. Mm-hmm. What did you mean? I've arrived at the other side of when this is, what's, what's over? I've been on a journey. As you might notice, Grant, I'm bald. 
I've noticed you have no hair since I yeah, saw you no last. No hair, that's right. You have a blue dot on your head, which is dot. mesmerizing. It's that's, almost, isn't it? It's, it's nice. almost got me in a trance. Actually, mm-hmm. looking at that, I don't know where to look. So yeah, so I lost all my hair last March. Last March. No, and no, not March a year ago. So a year ago, okay. Mm-hmm. You lost it all. Just all fell out. It all fell out. It just in one day. All fell out. Just in a day, or like over a week, or what happened? It happened over like about a week, a week and a half. Okay, just suddenly. Suddenly. Well, I've had that happen, but it's happening over a longer time than I a week. I know. A lot of men sympathize with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it doesn't look, it looks like a statement, but it actually is something happened to you. Yeah. A lot of people think that this is um, a style that I'm wearing here. Well, it is, yeah. actually. And, well, I'm making it my own, you know, yeah. bindi, earrings, lipstick, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. called a bindi, that blue dot. It's a bindi, huh? It's a bindi. Mm-hmm. I can't look at you because it's mesmerized. It's got to put me into like a well, you know what? A friend of mine Psychotic. gave me these bindis, and she yeah. said, if you wear the bindi, no one's going to address the fact that you're bald. And it's true. Yeah. People talk about the bindi all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. They just don't even notice that I'm bald. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm buying that. Could you, you take, could you take all your clothes off and nobody would notice? They'd just be staring at the bindi all the time. How far can Do you, you, you want go? Do you want me to try that here? Well, there's nobody here. It's not <laughs> open to the public, so <laughs> I don't think us. it's illegal. We're all cute. It's cool. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no one's going to arrest you, that's for sure. <laughs> So, did you, so that's why you do that? So no one will ask you why you're... No, I actually just started doing it. You know, I, my hair was my crown and glory, like most women. You know, I had thick, red, curly hair. Yeah, you did, And um, yeah. yeah, and so like to suddenly not have any hair is like, whoa, mm. a big whoa. And um, so then I started wearing wigs, um, but then I had to wear a lot of makeup to like make up for the fact that it was washing me out. So I had to paint on eyebrows, paint eyeliner, do all this stuff like this. And so if I was talking to you and I moved my hair, I might wipe off an eyebrow Mm. or do stuff like that, you know, and it was really aggravating. And so I just said, Screw it. Screw yeah. it. You can it's say right. anything. It's not the real radio. It's, yeah. Well, I like that you put those words in my mouth. Yeah. Grant, okay. So. so you gave up doing all that. So was that, what was the feeling? Well, let's go back to the beginning. Why did all you hear for that? What happened? Um, well, I have a, uh, an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. Sounds exotic, but mm. actually it's not. Sounds Japanese. <laughs> Sounds Japanese. Not Jewish, right? It's not Jewish. Not Jewish. Okay. And um, I didn't know I had, you know. It's a uh, genetic thing, or you catch mm-hmm. it, or... You know, it's something that happens to people, and it actually, since I've gotten it, I've met so many people who have it. But yeah. the hair loss, for me, is extreme. So usually, you might lose an eyebrow, you might have some patches of hair loss, something like that, but my hair loss is extreme. But usually, sometimes a catalyst for Hashimoto's is um, stress, and I yeah. was under undue stress for many years, and so then it just all sort of collapsed and when this happened it was like mm. wow yeah it's a kind of amazing experience i always say you know people say well can you die from that and i'm like it's not life-threatening but it certainly is life-altering yeah so wow. but what else besides you're here for is that the only symptom nothing else i mean you're oh, no no or? no well the one thing you know my thyroids my body's attacking my thyroid and killing it so things like noise are overwhelming to me um i was very tired i put on weight you know, things like that I can't you? control. You yeah. look great, actually. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. But Are you heavier than last time I saw you? That was only, yes. That was only two years ago. I know. I can't remember exactly. Oh, yeah. Really? So Lugging you, around a ball You put on weight and your hair fell out. That's yeah. it. But that's not that drastic and you're tired once in a while. Well, so it's not the world's most drastic you disease. you were a woman and you yeah. lost I, all your hair. Yes. And I you know. were over 50. How would you feel about that? Sure. Well, which one should I go with first? <laughs> if I was a woman, how would I feel about that? Pretty good, I think, probably. If I lost all my hair and I was a woman. No, it must be an incredibly, it is a life-altering thing to happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's an autoimmune disease, it doesn't sound like it's that. 
It's not a life-ending autoimmune disease. Right. I exactly. Hope. Is it? No. It's not. I hope not. No, I don't think so. But you, you mentioned that, you know, a woman's hair is her crowning glory, and I think right. any man who's past Neanderthal status knows that. Mm -hmm. And so when they see you without the correction of a wig or something, mm -hmm. and you're kind of celebrating it with the, with the, the gem, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's as radiant or more radiant than you could ever be otherwise. So. And what are you doing after the podcast? <laughs> uh, I've actually got this show at Ogden. He's where, go. Uh, Why don't you, you can go with him? Yeah. I'll be there. There'll just be me and Fred left here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'll play that Bucktown song for you. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's amazing how um, when people do come up to me, um, and they're kind of taken with me, they instantly say that you're so beautiful and mm -hmm. they really connect with me and it's amazing. And then I can see um, pretty much for the most part, the men who can't like get it and mm -hmm. they like, whoa, sure. I can't look, you know. Um, but it's interesting, you know. I, I mean, I feel like it's pretty freeing. Mm -hmm. so. When you just, you just said something interesting. You said the men who can't get it. I've never had a woman who took even like most women have been like wow 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 this is so great wow you got a great head you know all this kind of stuff like that and men you know you can kind of see how they're reacting and some are just so drawn to it hmm. and you know of course one particularly young man I thought was I was on a bucket list you know <laughs> Japanese woman bald woman you know stuff like that yeah. and so I avoided him but um, you know there's some men that just kind of like whoa you know that's too much you know can't handle hmm. it so that's interesting that men and women have a completely different reaction to you. Women are totally accepting and men, men and are judgmental. Men and women are different. Men and women right. are different. That's why there's LGBTQ. Q and more. Now, let's talk about that for a minute then okay. because why don't we just go down this road as well now saying we're, we're on to everything here. Why is the, what is the connection between LGB and T? I, I don't get that. Well, because, okay, last time I was on your show, I was on as a gay mother of an adopted son, yes. right? Yes, And so <laughs> I... Well, what, what are you on this time as exactly? I, I, I don't book these guests, you know, so... I am an I'm, F. You're an F. Yes. What do we first say? Friend? Fluid. Fluid. Oh. Right. Okay, so you can be anything. Yeah. Okay, so what are you on as today? Last time you were on F. as a gay mother of an adopted child. I'm actually today on today on to yes. talk about um, the need for an open conversation on uh, parenting children of a different color and also the need for white people to step up and start educating their white children about racism in America because people of color have been doing this for all of their life, but white people are not doing any of this work. And in order for us to get past this or get closer to past this, uh, we need white people to step up in solidarity with mm. people of color. And what sort of world do you think you're living in that suddenly white people are gonna do that? Well, I do think that you know when Obama was elected, you know, I'm a huge Obama supporter, okay? But whether we were going to argue about his, you know, um, effectiveness as a president or not, you have to admit that his becoming president has opened up this race dialogue in America like never before. I mean, like maybe we discussed this in the 60s because we broke some ground there, but then it went under cover for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And it has resurfaced mm -hmm. in a way that is horrifying and good. It's you mean good. it's horrifying because there's a lot of people who just don't like Obama? I think it's horrifying because um, I've seen more racist public remarks. Now, granted, social media has arisen since the 60s, and so maybe, like all other things, we're just so privy to seeing a lot of people's thoughts that we wouldn't have seen before, the average person on the streets. But there's a feeling amongst people who do anti-racist work 
that probably the people who are the most blind are the liberal progressive white people. And as a person who has never identified as being white until I had a black son and I had to be white um, because I was Sephardic, I was Spanish, I was Jewish, you know, I was not, there was nothing white. But because I look white and everybody thinks I'm white and I have a black son, um, I'm privy to what white people think about racism. And most white people think that racism is not an issue, mm-hmm. which is amazing mm-hmm. because it's like, it's the issue. So, um, and, um, you know, I just. Well, it's the issue if you're not white. Well, it is an issue if you're not white. Yeah, if, I mean, you're, if, if you're, you're black or another minority, you're aware of it all the time. But okay, if so. If you're white, then right. you don't have to think about it. Okay, but, so I don't want to take the, I'm sure y'all have something to say about this. Sure, well, yeah, but come on. But um, I, I have yes, to say Rachel. that um, being, being white and raising a white child, you can think you can hide from this subject, but the fact is, is that, um, I had some statistics here. Half of children under five today are non-white. The fastest growing group of children in the world are biracial. Mm. Um, The largest number of incoming freshmen to college are, well, let's, I don't even want to call them minorities. Let's say people Mm -hmm. of color. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is in the United States, you mean? In the United States. So let's look at it this way. You're parenting a white child. They're three years old, right? and you're not talking to them about racism and institutionalized racism in this country, well, the chances that your white child is gonna marry a person of a different ethnic background or that they're gonna parent a bi-racial child are enormous. So have you prepared your child to live in this modern world? No, you haven't. So it does affect you and it does affect what you're doing. If you're gonna keep this child insulated from what's going on out there, then they're rapidly going to be, you know, the knuckle draggers of the world. Okay. <laughs> Hugo is joining us. Hugo Montero is the, not only the proprietor of Casa Borrega, but he's also Mexican. And he's handsome. And he's a handsome young man, isn't he? <laughs> so Hugo, you know something about being a being a minority in the United well, States. You know, uh, you, you know Linda. Linda's um, your wife. She's from San Francisco. Uh, her father came in 1906 to, to rebuild San Francisco after the earthquake. They were Jewish. They came with some of the same people like Levi Strauss. You know. She's white, you know, she's blonde, she has blue eyes, but you know, you can see who knows how, how Jewish people look like. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows, but you know, you, you, you can say, Nobody really okay, knows. she's Jewish. Well, it's very funny. When I'm with her, I'm treated totally different that when I'm by myself. What's the difference? Uh, people are more accommodating. I mm. mean, they they are nicer. They think me. you must be okay if you've got a good exactly. looking white wife. Yeah, yeah, and, and they, they, they think, well, I mean, first, he speaks English. Because it's, <laughs> it's obvious that she doesn't speak Spanish, that she does. I mean, she speaks perfect Spanish. So first, I mean, this guy, mm. you know, uh, he speaks English first. Second, he might be second, third generation, you know, he might be like Native American, something. It's not Mexican. When I'm in airports by myself, I, I just flew from uh, Mexico City last week, you know. I, I mean, went to, uh, I went to Istanbul last year and I uh, went to Greece and I'm stopped all the time. You know, I mean, it's always the Middle Eastern looking guy, young guy, college 
Middle Eastern looking, the Mexican people or the or the minorities, you know. I mean, my wife had a really hard time to understand this until she lived that on flesh with me. Like, why? I mean, I get stopped by immigration, right. by well, the you're DTA, suspicious looking. by the FBI. No, but, like but not terrorist. only that. But not only that. Like, I'm, you know, I have a big body and like, you know, I'm a very, very smooth guy, actually. But, you know, they, they think I'm just so like, <laughs> you know, like in the mariachi movie, like the biggest Mexican that you ever see. <laughs> but so in the future, though, in the next generation, and we're talking about it in like within 20 years, when these, when over half the population you're saying now, over half the population of the kids under what? Three? Five, under five, five are non-white. non-white. Mm-hmm. That won't be the case for this next generation. No, I mean, so, look. But do you have to, what do you, you We're go in the middle of a, of a change, right? We're, we're right in the nexus of it, okay? And so the truth is, is, is that if you go had a child today, when that child grew up, they'd be living more in a world that looked more like him than they do like me, right? right. But the thing about it is, is that right now, in order to get to that world or to get to that world successfully, we have to prepare our children for it, right? And we're not doing that. I mean, white people well, are not do doing you, that. Do you have to prepare? I mean, it's going to come anyway, whether you're prepared for it or not, right? No, no, no. Here's the thing about kids. Okay. You've got a kid in a car. And I actually, I'm, gonna, I'm stealing Tim Wise's words. And I don't know if you know Tim Wise. He's uh, one of the uh, biggest speakers about um, racism in this country, and he's white. He actually graduated from Tulane. Um, but he said that when you have your child in the car and you're driving through a poor neighborhood, right, if you don't tell them what's going on, if you don't say, look, we're driving down Orleans Avenue and there's a lot of black people out here and they're sitting on the porch and they're, you know, and, and it doesn't look like maybe they're working or they seem to be here all the time or whatever and they look like they live in poor houses. It certainly doesn't look like our neighborhood, right? And you don't fill in the gaps that, um, racism has been institutionalized in our country, that these people have not had the opportunities that we've had as white people. If you don't tell them that, then kids fill in the gaps themselves. And they say, those people are bad. There's something wrong with them because they're poor. So obviously they did something wrong. They're also black or they're people of color or they're Hispanic or they're Mexican. So that must mean that something is wrong with people of color because we white people live in a nice beautiful house and we don't live in a street that looks like this and um so anyway so if you don't educate them then they fill in the gaps at the same time goes with uh with the other direction because you see i mean like as a minority you know i went to college and all that so <clears throat> i have to say you know when you're in a mexican neighborhood like in the ghetto here in the United States, it's LA, you know, San Antonio, Texas, New York. I know some Hispanic kids that they are never in touch with anybody else, with mm-hmm. blacks or with or with Caucasians, you know. And the same thing here in New Orleans, you see like African American kids. I used to teach here in New Orleans, I used to teach in New Orleans East, 99% African American. And, you know, they never been close to a white person, to exactly. a white kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, the sense of the ghetto is the sense of total uh, abstraction, you know, from the real world, or mm-hmm. whatever we call, it, like, the real world. Yeah. And that can happen with kids from uh, Warren Easton or for Newman. Sure, you know? right. And I was, I was teaching at a Catholic school on the North Shore after Katrina 
not by choice. And uh, they told the girls that we have a very diverse community here. We have skinny white girls. We have fat white girls, <laughs> tall white girls. Was, Did that's you what have I, bald white girls? We didn't have any bald white girls. But the thing is, I uttered that in the background. I was fired from that school. But, uh, but the thing is, I thought it was important to point out that they had diversity amongst the white students. There were no African-American well, students. They weren't, there was one, they weren't discriminating against fat girls then? No, they weren't. Well, that's good tonight. Mm -hmm. What school but, but, was this? I, it, it was You're a, allowed to say. I it mean, was Saint Scholastica was this school. Saint Scholastica, and they, what did they fire you for? Uh, uh, for being different. In what sense? Not Jewish or not, not Catholic? Exactly. Queer? Exactly. A bit, a All bit of the above. Too diverse, maybe. Too diverse. Too diverse. Good lord! Why were you uh, teaching there? Uh, because that was the only school I could get a job at after Katrina, because most of the schools in New Orleans were underground. Fred, you know, I, underwater. I, 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 well, underwater, not underground. Not right, underground. Right, good point. And plus, I was the I MC of. Fleur de Tees at the time, so that didn't look good teaching at a Catholic school and <laughs> dancing with Trixie Minx on a Saturday night, so mm -hmm. that did not look good. This is before you uh, refused to leave the house. What point did you stop leaving the house at? Uh, I guess about two years after Katrina, I, I didn't leave the house much. Why was that? I don't know. I still, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm getting out a little bit more. The band is pushing me out well, to promote the Twice record. a year is better than ever. What, uh, what happened to you? Did anything happen to you? Nothing. You just... You didn't uh, get depressed. depressed. It, was, you a, it depressed. was a depression thing. Yeah. Did your house get flooded or anything? I lost the house. My mom died the night of the storm. And the uh, night. It, it was just. I'm sorry. And I lost hard. my job as well. It was just. It was like three bad things all at once. So. You, well, Hurricane Katrina killed your house. Right. And really, Hurricane. That was the name of your blog, is Katrina. Well, she, died in, a, she died in a nursing home that night. Oh, so they, wow. they lost her body. And it took them two or three weeks to find it. Red Cross said, we knew where she was. We just don't know where she is now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Good Lord. So I, tr I wrote a book about that, the Katrina Kill My Mama blog, which was up every day for a year. And then I threw myself into work for about two years. And after that, one day I was driving across to go to the nice Catholic girls' school, and I said, I can't do this crap anymore. Yeah, really? So I, I just sort of checked out for a while. Holy crap. So what did you do for a job, and when you're not being funny? When I'm not being I do private teaching and private tutoring, work a lot with special needs kids. The kids that don't fit into the system help them get their diplomas. Q. The yes. queer kids. So this crap I found on the internet, this is not you this is not referring to then, is it? What's that? That you, you're a, 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 a director of quality assurance? I was a director of quality insurance for a, an ad agency for quite yeah, a while. It was the ad agency that did Morris Bart's ads back, that's way back so when. So this is all you then. Because it's got me. a question that says right here, wrong PH Fred. No, that's, and, that's and the I right thought, yes, maybe I do, but this is the right PH that's Fred. That's the right PH Fred. Okay, you've got a pretty interesting background, PH Fred. Uh-oh. This is, listen to this, you guys. Fred earned a bachelor's degree in Greek and Latin studies from Loyola University and completed his master's degree in classical languages at Tulane University. Did you run those, one of those background check things <laughs> where you pay a dollar? He's taught languages at Jesuit High School, St. Paul's Episcopal School, Loyola University, and Tulane. you taught at Tulane and Loyola? When I was a graduate student, yeah. What about that? That's cool. Andrew, come on. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, <laughs> isn't it? I like Andrews. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you could write a song about so that. So I found this on the internet myself without any dif difficulty. I'm that's surprised more people don't know this about you. Th that's probably good. I mean, that's I probably think, But I think having now set you up as a sort of an intellectual. Well, well thank you. And, uh, and a person who's, you know, a teacher and also a, a what, quality what? Quality assurance. Director of quality assurance. I think we should make you play a song. What does that mean? How's that for a segue? Did you I do a song? I think it's a setup. I think it's a setup. When yeah. people hear what you can do on top of all that, they're going to yeah. be shocked. Oh, right. they're going to be shocked that I write dirty songs as well. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. I was playing a dirty song. With I hope it is funny. With, with, uh, it's with, it's with, dirty. No, it's not dirty. <laughs> it's actually, it's about being in jail. 
Okay. <laughs> Is that another? We'll get onto that in a minute. Then let's hear the song first, and we'll give us a break from from this horrible world we're in, entering. Beautiful song. This that is, is from a guy who's a uh, no. student of uh, Greek and Latin studies at Loyola University. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I've got I good pie. This is about a guy who fucked a fifteen-year-old and ended <laughs> up in jail. Something like, and does other nice. naughty things. But switched yeah. teams for a minute. Yeah, yeah took <laughs> one for the team. <laughs> took one for the team. Yeah, you got a lot of good stuff in this. Sounds like good pie. It's you wrapped it's everything up in a nice bow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny when I was writing that song, I sent the lyrics to my buddy in Nashville, Jim McCormick, mm-hmm. and he said, "I don't write songs like that." <laughs> Jim McCormick was on our show last week. Jim was on our show last week. Jim and I went to high school together. Nice. So it's funny because he and I write songs together on a rare occasion. And he said, "That's that's that's too uh, that's too that's, radical. That's, that's too, not going to really make it in Nashville. It's not going to make it in Nashville anymore. Toby Keith isn't going <laughs> to no. sing that. Yes. Probably they got yeah. good pie here. They that's not pie. based on a true story. No, I did find out being detained. And we mm-hmm. won't say where I was detained. But the dessert is always good. The food may suck. The living conditions may be terrible. But most places of detention, whether it's a prison." Quote, unquote, prison. What's the alternative? Well, there's there's like mental hospitals. There's all sorts of places they lock you up. Mm -hmm. But anyway, usually the food is, the desserts are good. That's just from my past experience. So they got good pie here. Do you think? I have to look for the silver lining. Does everybody agree with you or is that just your sweet, do you have a sweet tooth you like? No, actually, people have told me that. Other people I know who've been Mm. detained, detained, quote, unquote. Air quotes, yes. Where, Where were you detained? You name it, I've been there. Really? You were locked up in a mental hospital? Oh, yeah, I've wound up there before. And who, on and off. who put you there? If I knew, I would <laughs> get even. I would write a song. Somebody, like, uh, committed you? I've been committed a couple of times. A I, couple I, of times. A couple of, 
Yeah, okay, a couple of five. No one can ten. say that you as a man are the yes. uncommitting type, yeah, I, right? I'm very, I'm well put. Exactly. Who, he's not scared of commitment. He's not I'm not scared, scared of commitment. No. I've done it several times. <laughs> That's good. That's a country song. Yeah, that is a country exactly. song. It ranks right up there yeah. with my other country song, Now That I Got a Colostomy, No Need for an Asshole Like You. Ah, <laughs> wow. I'm pitching that to Jim tonight. That's like nice. That. Yeah, Jim, I could see Jim, uh, wow. Jim and you working on that and selling that exactly. to Tim McGraw. Maybe. That could be a Tim McGraw song. Wow. That is interesting. So what mental institution were you locked up in here in Louisiana? Louisiana. I've one visited of the ones most of them. One of the ones that's still... Yeah, most of them. Actually, the good ones are all gone. Like Charity. Uh, yeah. Charity. You're, actually, Charity had pretty good, bad pie. They didn't no have good. good pie there. Pie's no good. Southeast had wonderful pie. Southeast is still there, but it's run by a private... Yeah. Op- but the Boston Cream Pie at Southeast, I recommend it. I, I recommend love Boston it. Cream Pie. It should Boston be on Yelp, pie. you know, the different detention yeah. centers <laughs> and yeah. their food. You know? like, a, like a Paula Dean cookbook type yeah. thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be a P.H. Fred one. Yeah. We've got yeah. a lot of stuff to get to yeah. yet. We've right. still got the, you know, the Supreme Court decisions and uh, oh transracial parenting. We oh haven't my. really got onto that. We've only started on that, but for now we're on a whole different thing about mental health here. Yes. Yeah. So what were you locked up for? What, were you, what was your oh, dangerous I, behavior to yourself or others? I have bipolar disorder. At least that's what they say. Okay. Mm. And why does it make you a danger to yourself or others? Because when I'm there, I'm dangerous to myself. No, I don't know. I don't know. They say when I'm, I'm in that condition, I could be dangerous. And what stops you being in that condition? I'm only asking Medi- because it's, it's a, a medi- very it's small a medication. table. It's a medication. Are you thing. on the medication? Yes, right I am. Now? I've been on the medication for a long time. Okay. So when you're off, what did you do? Seriously, what did you do that was so crazy? I don't, usually I don't remember that kind of stuff. No, that's it. Seriously, that's it. it's one of those blackout kind of things, blackout, brownout kind of things. So that you get locked up, you, they force the medication down, you, you calm down, then you wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And goddamn That's South happened. And, that's happened. And, <laughs> and what kind of pie do you guys have today? <laughs> exactly. And wait a minute. <laughs> wrote a song about it. goes <laughs> like this. The may, I see, <laughs> may I see the dessert menu? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite was I got locked up on a Friday. I wrote a song because they actually had a piano at East Jefferson Hospital when I was there. Okay, I got out nice. on a Tuesday, and on Wednesday I was booked to do the WWL morning show. All right, that's <laughs> awesome. So you play the song that you wrote in, in the, the hospital. Yeah, it's it something solid. Like, wow, and you well, it's funny that you remember the song, but you don't remember what got you there. Exactly. So because usually I write the song down. I don't write down what I'm doing while I'm crazy. When I'm. So who was the first person who diagnosed you as having bipolar disorder? I have no idea. Don't remember that. Probably either. some doctor in the hospital. Somewhere. How long ago was this in high school uh, when you uh, went to high school with Jim McCormick? No, this was college, post college, in between. Uh, actually, right when I got out of graduate school. So, what drove you nuts? Do you think? My first wife. You really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any any truth to that, Rachel? Was she bald? No, she was. <laughs> I've had three husbands. Three but, husbands. Yeah, but none of them drove me crazy. Are you gay, right? I'm um, LGBTQ. I thought you were G. You're F. F. Oh, so you can, go, fluid. you can go in any of these directions. I, you know what? I am um, open. Oh. <laughs> She's okay. Open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you don't have a nomen, nomenclature. I don't, you know, I, you know, I resist those labels. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just read this amazing, amazing uh, article in the New York Times about uh, female sexuality. Mm. It's just totally intriguing, you know. And anything we don't know about. Well, you know, do you realize <laughs> that this, Do you realize <laughs> that there is a uh, suspicious right now, like a genetical suspicious that females actually like the bodies they are created, so they can have intercourse with many males at the same time. Whoa! Against against like what all they believe that they females they are just like. 
you know, one partner. Monogamous. Like, is, yeah. this a something, yeah. is this a translation issue what you, when you say at the same time? <laughs> at the same time, like it means like in the same round, like in the same. In the same hour or two. Like this the, like like there's, the porno, same there's porno sites that have that on. <laughs> like the same, no, like the same this period of time, you know. Within an hour, you mean, or within two hours or a no, night or a week or No, within the same period of time like of an intercourse. Of an intercourse. You, yes, yes, yes. That the female. Five minutes. That the female, exactly. That the female anatomy, you know, is designed to have. To many accommodate. In, to to, many to men. accommodate. To, mm -hmm. to accommodate intercourse with the New different York males. Times. This, this is like, like the New York Times, and it's a new book about female sexuality. It's totally amazing. They make stories with monkeys. You know, they, they put one monkey in a very small cage. With with a, with a male, you know, with with the uh, female monkey, with a male monkey, and then they have the intercourse, blah blah blah, you know, just like, and then they make it a bigger space with different males and one female, and she accommodate all them. Okay, okay, let's just know. let's let's get off the word <laughs> accommodate. You you're talking about multiple penises being inserted into a single vagina. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, and, uh, Your and Honor? genetically, genetically, I've never heard female, that female, female female organisms and the anatomy is designed by that according to this article in this book it can tolerate that the, it can it can yes well, if, I mean, it's if the size of a baby can come out of a vagina i suppose wait, 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 wait. Well, the you're equivalent talking about like putting all the penises together and inserting them at the same time i thought you were talking about like you can have a small size penis and a large one and this woman could have intercourse with all these different men and accommodate each size uh, okay that's interesting. is that what you're talking about or no mm, yes and no Okay. Yes, I mean, you can do that. Yeah, well, but yes, 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 it's part of the, it's part of the intriguing concept. Yes, but, it's all but intriguing. The other thing, yes, yes, it's very intriguing. No, no, no. But what, what it means is that, like, oh, okay. This better be true. I think you can say it. anything. It's hard, it's hard to be elegant, you know. Okay, with this, go ahead. Right. Right. Elegant, we're way past that point. <laughs> or like, I think we're going to be sued mean? by the New York well, Times. No, That's no, the no, first no, thing. No. P.H. Fred has written a song about okay. this already. He's yeah. writing yeah. it down right now. Yeah. Six okay. dicks, it's called. Okay. Six dicks for one trick. Yeah. Okay, basically, when you know, like one or two minutes, you know, one or two minutes, a male organ can go flaccid. And then, uh, like, like the vagina can accommodate another in, in, oh, in ready, okay. in oh, being gotcha. ready, yeah. and 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 that is that is part of what you see in prostitution, uh, you know, like well, in Mexico not, that, or India or in China, where the prostitutes have have uh, intercourse with 45, 50 people in one day. Okay, I thought you know? we were talking about yeah. zip tying dicks together or something. <laughs> see, I'm with you. That's what I thought. Can, I knew that's where Graham was going. But I knew that's not But it can be happening too. I mean, this article mentioned that too. That you can. You can actually do you it. You can do the same and, 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 and the female body is designed to do that just like an well, animal. You why? Know, which is a I think if I mean, I'm rubbing up against another penis, I'm not going to be hard for a very long time anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is you. Well, you're right. That's true. There's some real Fs out there who would really dig that. Absolutely. Fluidly. <laughs> why, would, uh, why would anyone be designed? I mean, that is against sort of all principles of reproduction, which is what we're designed for allegedly. No, 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 no. We are designed for pleasure. We Our are. body is built for pleasure. Are we the only species that's designed for pleasure, Rachel? No, we're not. So other animals like to fuck as well, just for the hell of it. Oh, have you ever seen dogs fucking in the street? Nope. What, what, what street do you live on? I, live in a, I don't live in that neighborhood that you're talking about. <laughs> driving well, we also have a very nice dogs neighborhood. Fucking in the we street. also cut the nuts off dogs these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. exactly. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, where's Hugo running off to? What happened? 
He just was very upset about this conversation. It's, it's, it's it went in a direction he wasn't expecting. He got okay. Yeah. He did actually run away. Did yeah, he did. I hope he's he going ran. to get something. Yes. Okay, so really, is it true? Other species have sex for fun, not for reproduction. Yes. Which species is that? Dogs. Do you really believe that? I do believe that. Well, well, I mean, do you really think that it goes through an ape's head that, you know, I'm, I just can't wait to have a little that? ape junior or that Why? they can't wait to fuck? Yeah. Or when the dog's humping my leg is going, I'm going to produce another leg dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to presume what's going through an ape's head, frankly. But I right. would think that dogs, which I you know, know a little bit about because I've had you know, a couple of dogs, that they're, when they're in heat, that's when they have sex. They don't have sex otherwise, as mm. far as I know. Male dogs. Female dogs. Chris, do Do-dolphins it? Dolphins. Dolphins. are the only animals that will just do it whenever with no thoughts of okay. but, but, but what's the difference between that's that or... That's because they're in Miami. <laughs> Chris was talking about dolphins. Dolphins are in Miami. It's right for you. Exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I can hardly uh, understand the, 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 the disparity between the animals who have sex because that chemical is coursing through their veins... And the difference, the difference between that and whatever we're talking about with dolphins, where they they can't procreate at that moment, but they have sex anyway. I don't even get the difference there. What is the difference between? Uh, well, it's evolutionary. I mean, most yeah. I thought that most species were designed to uh, procreate, so they'll right. continue. Yeah, but what about species. practice? Practice. Yeah. Well, I don't. I only know about dogs. I mean, dogs only have sex when they're in heat. So that only when they are able to procreate. Otherwise, a well, female dog right. okay, won't let a male something? dog. No. When a male smells a, wo- a female in heat, that's when he gets horny. Yeah. Okay? okay. But do you think that he's going after her because he wants to have a baby? Right. A puppy? No, but Hell no. that's how. No, but if there is some design behind this, whether it's designed by you know God or designed by evolution or whatever it is. Well, let me tell you something. It I'm going to tell you something. Let me explain that. something to you about sexual fluidity oh, and women. God. Okay. Finally, a lot will. of women I know yeah. are the horniest when they're having their period, not when they're ovulating. Okay. okay. So that goes completely against your theory. Mm. Well, I didn't All think right? it was. It's not really my theory. I well, thought I'm it was saying, a fact. I'm just saying it's not a fact. It's I mean, not it's not, it's, for human biology, no. Women want to fuck when they're having their period, which is not appropriate in the norm, but it is what most women feel. Graham, Graham, come on over here. Graham you have, you have to even say something. <laughs> we this have another producer, woman in the house. This is Graham DePonte. I who, believe myself. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That women of procreating age have evolved to want to have sex during their period because they know it's safe. Well, that, maybe that's true. It could be evolution. That's, that's a good an evolutionary. That's a very interesting thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you mean it's a get, you can you can stay. It's all right. Yeah. So you're saying that we've evolved to that, or so, some women have evolved that because because they they want to. Don't it's, want to get it's like they, birth control. That's anti-evolutionary mm. theory, exactly. then, well, right? Yeah, but it's birth control. It's devolution. Mm. Devolution. Isn't it? Isn't that anti? I mean, if there's such a thing as evolution, okay, Hugo. Let me read. You've got the New York <laughs> Times article here. Thank, thank God. Let me read this sentence. It is true. Okay. okay. Let, let me read this sentence. It says. Uh, Gallio of Pergamon, the great physician and medical researcher of an- antiquity, was one of the many learned men of his time who believed that a woman had to have an orgasm during sexual intercourse for conception to occur. Okay, this is how the article starts, and the article is called I'll Have What I'll She's Having. I love that. Having. And look I at, love that. That's and look great. At, and so this original, this guy thought a woman had to have an orgasm to get pregnant. This, this is this how this article starts. Doctor, but then, but then is this, uh, the, uh, the mystification of, like, the female role in sexuality that actually, you know, especially, like, in Latin America, for, for example, you know, in, in the Middle Eastern, 
that is all like passive and you know i mean that is not true you know like the hot tamale thing you know it's absolutely true i mean you know latin women you know they're not you know they're no women it's just waiting there for with the children in the kitchen mending you know socks Sox. and like no no you don't see that i mean we have women in mexico fighting in in, in the revolution we have uh, we have this woman in 1530 sor juan inez de la cruz she was a nun. she was like the 10 muse and uh she was a piano player she was an intellectual she she used to uh cut her hair to, to, to go to university because colleges in Mexico, they were only for men. Right. You know, this is like 15, 20 something. We Sounds have like this a movie. Female, right. female. I mean, female roles of power of like defeating, you know, mm. what the identity of women were. I was born and raised with seven women. My sisters, my mom and my grandma. Dad was always working. He came like after work, you know. So, I mean, I went to a teaching school. So all my, so all my, you know, my friends, they were girls, you know. I mean, I went with my sisters to girls, uh, I mean, to girls parties. I, I'm not an expert in women, but, I, 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 but I'm very close to... But to you're a student of women. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So you have to read this article. It's just very, very interesting. interesting. It's sitting yeah. on my coffee table, but I've you, to read You're it. subscribed that, to the New York Times? I do. Right? Well, I get the Sunday. Is that last yeah, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. It's this week's Sunday Times. Mm -hmm. What date does it say on it? Just so... Uh, can you read the June the 16th? Yeah. Okay. You go. Thank God you read that. That's yeah. changed the whole show now. Yeah. Gone down hate, a whole different. To, yeah, I hate to bother everybody. We've got to go. We've this is the conversation that I want to go on for another hour, and I have to leave. You got to leave. We have to go, go too. You know, we've, yeah. we've all got to get out of here. Yeah, actually. I guess so. The yeah. hour's up. Sure. Yeah. And you are off to play at the Ogden. That's me. Yeah, I got three minutes to get there. Yeah, okay. I think you can probably do it. Yeah. yeah. And Rachel, we probably haven't. Have you said everything you came here to say or nothing? No, I have not. Said you haven't said anything you came here to say? I haven't said one-tenth. Yeah, that's usually the story. We'll have to have you back, I yes, suppose. Yes, you should. And then, thank God, Flow Tribe didn't show up because we didn't have any time for them to say anything. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> nothing. And PH Fred, we found out that you've been locked up in, in mental institutions. Well, and, thank you. And not you locked can up, recommend committed. The committed. Committed. And can recommend the pie. I can recommend the pie. And your new album, Lithium and Underoos, is out. Yes. So and it features uh, Steve Hunter and uh, Fernando Saunders, who used to play with Lou Reed. They're on my backup band, and uh, Mike Watt, who used to be with... Actually, he still plays with Iggy Pop, so I have some cool guest artists on. You have, guys, fabulous. you have guys in your band that Is were... Steve Hunter? Like, like guitar player? Uh, no, uh, just, uh, just a bass player. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's he was with Iggy Pop. And he's other, on the new version of the Iggy yeah. Pop in the studios. Wow. And the other guys from... Uh, Lou Reed's band. From Lou Reed's band. Holy yeah. mackerel. How did you f snag these guys? I was at home, and I just emailed them and said, I'm making a record. That's impressive. And the, record, and the record's called Lithium and, and Underoos. Yes. And that song, and there's a lot of good songs on that record. It's, we need to do this whole show again, actually. Graham, what Let's do you think? Let's do a repeat. That, so. There's some funny songs on that record, well, I have you. to say. Congratulations. That's a good I record. want that Bucktown song. Okay, I will bring that for both. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you're the, in the hood, so I can bring yeah, it up. The new, record is, the new record is funny, though. It's PH Fred, thanks for joining us. Rachel Dangermond as well. We can find you at dangermond.org. Yes, or please look up transracialparenting.com. Transracialparenting.com. Race, racism, and parenting. Okay. And Andrew Duhon has been here as well. Andrew's new record is called The Moorings. It's awesome and is available wherever good downloads are sold. Thanks for joining us for Happy Hour. This week, our producers have been Graham DuPonte and Trish Kaufman. Chris Kehoe is our associate producer and technical director. Christian Unruh is our music director, although he didn't really come through with the, <laughs> the flow trial. It's not Christian's fault, though. They're at the Collins Hotel. Ah, oh, Graham says they're at the Collins Hotel waiting for us to show up. My goodness, that's interesting. 
Our theme song was written and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products around, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Aero Studio monitors, and much more. You can check out all that and more at PreSonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show, you can stay upright here at Casa Borrego for about an hour and talk about how many penises can be inserted into the vagina at one time, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com where you can also check out our other happy hour shows. There's many more to listen to as well as our other shows. Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with the fabulous Chris True and Tammy Nelson Vietnola, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada. You can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media. We're on all of it. We're It's New Orleans. If you listen to this on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show was recorded live today at Casa Borrega, which is going to be open next week. Correct, Hugo? Yeah, July the 4th. July Thursday. the 4th. It's, it's fabulous PM. here. Oh, it is beautiful here, isn't it? So come on down fabulous. to Casa Borrega. Meantime, follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Just after happy hour. Just after, after happy hour. After happy hour, we're open. Next week. Okay, and come yeah. and meet us as well. Happy hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com for Andrew Duhon, who's currently at the Ogden Museum, Mitch Foreman on piano, everyone around here at the table and back at INO Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.